So how do we know what is true and what isn't? Can we just believe everything someone tells us just because they say it's from the Bible? An inspiring lesson is on the way, and here's Pastor David. We're in 2 Peter, chapter 2. We're going to read the first three verses. And then you can stay there because we're going to read another passage from the next page over. So, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. There are people, and there have been people for a very long time, who bring in what the scripture calls destructive heresies. Okay, think about it like this. They cause divisions in the body by teaching false teachings and leading people away into false teachings. These people are not just out there in the world. Of course, all of them, the unspiritual person doesn't know anything. But these people come into the church and bring these heresies. They are people who will lie to you. There are people who don't want to be obedient to God. You need to understand that. So they will make God into what they want him to be. To serve them. Rather than them to serve him. There are people who think they're too smart for God. And these people will speak falsely. And these people will twist the truth. And you need to be able to defend against their lies. As a believer. you got to be strong. you got to do the work. So that when you hear it, because I can't tell you about every false heresy that will ever come around. You have to be ready. You have to know the word so that when you hear from anybody, including me, if I say something, that you should have the scripture and be like, uh-uh. Nope, that's not what the scripture says. You should be ready for that. Because there are people, I, I pray to God I will never be one of them, but there are people who will teach you falsely. It's not a game. This is really important. Christianity, the word of God, is not a game. Word of God is not to be played with and twisted uh, to suit sort of your desires and to sort of make you fit in. That's what false teachers do. And there is punishment for those who do that. It's severe. It's serious. God doesn't pull any punches about what's going to happen when you come in and you teach false heresies. So we have to be diligent and we have to be alert so we don't get taken in by these false teachers because we will get taken in if we're not willing to put in the work to know the scriptures and to think well. There are very smart people. This is really, really something you should take into your mind. There are very smart people who have been fooled by these kinds of heresies and false teachings. It's not an issue of intelligence. It's really an issue of the heart, and it's an issue of how well you have taught your mind to think. How much you have allowed God to transform your mind as he's transforming you. Now, in the next chapter in 2 Peter there, chapter 3, we're going to read verses 14 through 18. I want you to listen to this. It says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. As also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, 
as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You, though, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. There are several things to take from this passage. One, right out of the gate, we have to be diligent. You know what diligence is? It means you got to work hard. Being diligent means I'm on the ball. I'm not letting things, I'm not taking a vacation from Jesus or from the scripture, which I'm going to be honest, I do sometimes. You know, I have those days. It's just like, you know what? I have not been effectively, diligently thinking about the Lord today and what he's trying to teach me. We got to be like that every day. Diligence. You got to be diligent. The next thing he says is there are some things in scripture which are hard to understand. You probably knew that. But I think some people want Christianity to be super simple. And there are some very simple things about the gospel. Sinners saved by grace through faith, right? We're we're reconciled to God. Those things are relatively simple, although incredibly deep. But there are a lot of things in Scripture that are hard. Now, there's something implied in that statement when he says it's hard. It means that in order to understand them, you're going to have to be diligent and work. If you understand hard things, you've got to do hard work. So, this leads to the next point. Untaught and unstable people twist the scriptures. Untaught and unstable, okay? Which means you need to be being taught, and you probably need to be being taught in order to be stable. If you give a five-year-old, like a skill saw, I don't recommend trying it, but you probably won't like the result. Why? Because he's five years old, and he's untaught, and he's unstable. And he's going to do some damage. He's going to do some damage. You must approach the scriptures with humility and a willingness to be taught and to have good teachers, or you'll end up being unstable. And you'll end up twisting them. you got to know how to interpret the scriptures, how to read the scriptures. This isn't just something for pastors and elders and folks like that. This is for every Christ follower. You've got to be taught if you want to be stable. You've got to be taught and stable if you don't want to end up twisting the scriptures to suit your own evil desires. Again, the scriptures are God's holy word. They're wonderful. And they're there to reveal the truth to us. But they are not a game. They are to be taken very seriously. You don't just throw it around, right? Oh, this verse says this, and the verse says this, so I must be, might be able to do this, or I should be able to do that. Now, you got to know it. you got to know it. you got to be taught. Next, we're told that we know about those who will twist Scripture beforehand. You know how you know? Because I just told you. Because Peter told us. Because the Holy Spirit through Peter told us, right? We have been told that there will be these people. So, if you know... If we knew that someone is kind of like in the Bible, if you know the robber's coming, you're going to be ready, right? You're going, to, you're going to be waiting. You're going to be ready to defend yourself against the robber. Well, he's told us the false teachers are coming, so we got to be ready. we got to be ready. How do you get ready? Well, just like we've said this whole time, you got to put in the work. 
the real work. It's more than just sitting here on a Sunday morning, which I'm glad that each one of you is here and online. That's fantastic. But it's more than that. It's work. You got to wake up thinking it. You got to think about it throughout the day. You got to go to bed thinking about it. All right. We got to apply the mind of Christ to everything. Then we're told to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We go in grace, understanding that grace has been given to us, which is amazing. And when you think about the grace that's given to you, it's so much easier to have grace for other people, right? Sometimes you get upset and you think, you know, God's given me a lot of grace on that issue. We grow in grace and we grow in knowledge. Knowledge, okay? As we follow him, we become more like him, more gracious, more knowledgeable. It means we have to know him through prayer, through the scriptures, through teaching, through talking about it. We got to do it. So we're in a series called White Lies. We're working through some false teachings that are very prevalent in the world today and that are leading people astray. So we have to take this seriously. We have to take this soberly um, because they, there are lies and they are real and they are leading people into death. That's the bottom line. When you lead people away from Jesus Christ's church, you lead them into death. That's all there is to it. The protection, the comfort, the peace that passes understanding, all of that stuff, these are things that God is mediating to us through his church, through you, through me, through all of us. When you pull people away from that and make them go another way and change who Jesus is and change what the scripture says, it's bad. It's bad. It's this very serious thing. So today, um, as we are working to protect the gospel and to know how to protect the gospel, we're going to talk about progressive Christianity. So what is progressive Christianity? It's a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm going to try to work through some of it. Everyone wants to be liked, right? I mean, I think most people want to be liked, and I think most people want to think of themselves as a nice person, being nice to other people. People don't want to be thought of as jerks. Most people don't want to be thought of as jerks. Um, you want to fit in with others. You want to get along. I do too. When I can... I want to get along. I would rather people liked me than didn't like me. Kind of like I'd rather be, you know, rich and healthy than poor and sick. Um, pretty obvious, right? Those are, those are obvious things. I'd, I'd like people to like me. But there are some times when I can't have everybody like me. And for those times when I can't, that means that getting along in that context is asking me to go against truth. And so there's this, there's this dividing line for me where I want to get along. I, you know, I try to be a pretty pretty nice guy. I want to be a pretty kind guy. I, I, I want to I have friendships. I want to get to know people and so on. But there, there is this dividing line. And that dividing line is if that friendship or that relationship requires me to compromise truth, that's where it ends. That's where I'm happy to be friends with you, but I will not compromise. This is kind of like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stuff, right? I'm not going to bow down in order to maintain this relationship. I will not do that. And so when I can't get along, hopefully, usually, it's because I'm going to obey God rather than men. So here's the truth, okay? This is, and this is important for you to, to just soak up in your heart, body, soul, spirit. Just know this. If you're a Christ follower, God has accepted you. God has accepted you through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and his glorious resurrection. I've been accepted. If you're a Christ follower, you've been accepted. Now, if you've been accepted by God... Acceptance by other people comes second, more like hundredth. No matter who it is, your own spouse, your own kids, your own whatever, nothing compares 
to the glory of Jesus Christ, nothing compares to our acceptance in him. If you have that and you're strong in that, it's going to be real hard for somebody to pull you away from that to get their piddly acceptance. Let me just tell you, my acceptance is worthless to you in comparison to God's. There is nothing. There is nothing more important than God's acceptance. And so that's part of what we use to be strong when we're being asked to get along and go along rather than to stand for truth. Now, that doesn't mean you need to be a jerk about it. You want to do everything in love, but there are times when you just can't get along. Progressive Christianity is an attempt to have their cake and eat it too. Okay? Let me be clear what I mean by that. Um, I, and, and so you know, not every progressive Christian thinks the same way. It's not kind of one thing. It's, it's, it's not like that. Different progressive Christians would say different things, and I'm just going to have to kind of take the average or the middle or kind of the general things they believe to talk to you about because people are individuals, and they believe different things, and particularly among progressive Christians, okay? Um, progressive Christianity takes most of the difficult things that God has revealed to us through Scripture, and most of the difficult things that Jesus has commanded for us and replaces them with things that are easy to believe and still allow them to fit in with the world while calling themselves progressive Christians. They still get to have the name Christian, but they don't really have to do the things that God has really called us to do. So what they're really trying to do is have the acceptance, hey, I'm a Christian with God, but also have the acceptance over here with the world, hey, whatever you guys do is okay too. Kind of a mushy place to be. Talk about lukewarm. Progressive Christians claim to be real Christians, or the real Christians, right? They would claim to be the more enlightened Christians. But their beliefs, when it comes down to it, are not Christianity. And this is important because I'm not into heresy hunting. Some people are looking for anything. They'll find a denomination. They'll be like, oh, they don't believe you know, this about this little issue. A lot of things that are what I'd call left-hand issues. Um, it's not that they're not important. They're just not. They're, they're not necessary in order to be a Christian that you have to believe those things that people get real wrapped up in that. But I'm just talking about basic Christianity, the things that all believers at all times have believed. We all have to believe those things. We have some room for debate on some other things. I mean, I don't have any room for debate, but you know, other people do, right? No, I'm kidding. We have room for debate on other things. We, we can't be certain that we have interpreted every secondhand piece of doctrine well, but what we're certain of is that we've interpreted the fundamentals of the faith correctly, okay? So the question is, what can you take away from the fundamental beliefs of Christianity and still have it be Christianity? The answer is none. You can't take any of the fundamental beliefs of Christianity away and still have it be Christianity. It has become something else. How many wheels can you take away from a bicycle and still have it be a bicycle? None. If you take one wheel away, it's a unicycle, and you look like an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just can't ride one, so I'm just saying that. If you take two wheels away from a bicycle, it's a paperweight, right? It's no longer a bicycle. You also can't add anything to a bicycle. You add a wheel, it's a tricycle. Another wheel, quadcycle, you know? The point is that the word bicycle has a definition, and here it is for you. A vehicle composed of two wheels held in the frame, one behind the other, propelled by pedals and steered with handlebars attached to the front wheel. Now, just like the word Christianity, the word bicycle has a definition. Has a definition. 
And there are certain things that you have to have to be a bicycle, and there are certain things that you have to believe to be a Christian. It's just the way it is. You may be something else, but you're not a Christian if you don't believe these things, okay? And it doesn't matter what you call yourself, okay? Baptist, Catholic, Wesleyan, it doesn't matter what you call yourself. The bottom line is if you don't believe the things that define a Christian, you're not a Christian, regardless of the label you put on yourself, okay? You can call a unicycle a bicycle, but it doesn't make it a bicycle, okay? That's what it is. So in order to know what a Christian is, let's look at historical definitions of the minimum beliefs that a person needs to have to use the term Christian accurately. Now, I'm not going to go into all of them, okay? I'm going to name some of them because we don't have all day and because I'm kind of picking ones that maybe uh, the progressive Christian thing has the strongest issues with. So, number one, number one, Christians believe the scriptures are God's word, inspired by God, and that the scriptures are to be followed. That's what Christians have always believed for 2,000 years. How do we know? Because Jesus said that he believed it, because all the apostles said that they believed it, and all of the early church going out the stream that we can trace back to them, all the people on that stream believe that the scriptures are true, that they're inspired by God, and that they should be followed. Now, are there streams that go out over here and over here? Yes, there are. Not Christian. Christians believe that thing, Okay. That's one of the things they believe. This is what it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Can you be complete without it? No. Must be scripture to be complete. That's how it works. Number one. Number two. God is one God in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are people, that again, that's the line going all the way back to Jesus. There are people who have gone off of that line over here. No, there's, you know, really nine spirits of God, or there's really, Jesus is really only this thing, or the Father's only that. So all kinds of that kind of stuff. But if you want to be a Christian, according to the term and what that means, this is what we believe. Number three. Jesus Christ is God incarnate, God in flesh, all man and all God, born of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. Can people believe something different than that? Yes. Are they Christians? No. And I'm not talking about, when I say Christians, I'm not talking about the word saved. We kind of evangelical types get real worked up with that word. That's not what I'm talking about right now. So don't, don't bring that into, I'm talking about the definition of what it means to be a Christian, the things that you believe, okay? So just keep that in mind if you're saying, well, I'm pretty sure this person's saved and they're a little off on that one. That's not where I'm going right, with this right now. I'm talking about what it means. It has to have a definition, right, that we can all agree to. Whether someone's saved or not is something only Jesus knows. He's the judge of that. What we can know is what the definition of a Christian is. So I'm working through this kind of like C.S. Lewis and mere Christianity, kind of saying these are the things that we all believe and always have for thousands of years. All right. Born, uh, Jesus Christ is God incarnate, all man and all God, born of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. That's, that's something we all believe as Christians all the way back. Number four, that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that his sacrifice paid the price so we could be reconciled to God. This is the gospel, right? Fundamental. I'm not sure how you could even want to be called a Christian if you didn't believe this. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Very simple. Jesus himself says this, Matthew 26, 28. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for the remission of sins. 
If you believe that Jesus' death was for some other thing or that he didn't rise from the dead, okay, you're not a Christian. You're something else. You want to be sure and check out the next episode for much more about truth and falsehood when it comes to being a Christian. As always, if you have any questions or comments about today's teaching, or we can help you grow in your faith, call us at 360-885-9000. Or you can always send us an email, info at axchurchnw.org. Always great to have you with us, and we'll look for you next time for much more from Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.